For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the parable of the ten virgins. This is part seven of the series. And so once you're betrothed, you're to remain faithful, and Yeshua defined that faithfulness by loving him and keeping his commandments so that when he returns for his bride to then have the second stage of the marriage where he will physically dwell with his spouse, that she will be ready for his return. And Messiah's second coming is to complete the redemptive work which is going to entail gathering and uniting the exiles of Israel. So the Pharisees ask Yeshua in John chapter 9, verse 40, are we blind? And when Yeshua gave the answer to the question, he explained to the Pharisees an area where they are blind. They are blind to the fact that Yeshua is the Messiah, that he is the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd. And they're blind to the fact that the Messiah, the good shepherd, is going to have to die, is going to have to lay down his life. John chapter 10, verse 15, Yeshua said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And so when Yeshua was telling the Pharisees that he's the good shepherd, he was also making a reference to the role of the good shepherd to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, pointing them back to Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11 and verse 13, where it says, Thus says the Lord God, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. So one thing that the Pharisees are blind toward, in addition to Yeshua being the Messiah, and that he's going to be the one to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, they're blind to knowing and accepting who their brethren are of the northern kingdom, and that the Messiah is going to come to bring restoration to the northern kingdom who was cut off from the covenant as prophesied in the book of Hosea in Hosea chapter 1 and were given a bill of divorce in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8 but was promised restoration in Hosea chapter 1 verses 10 
and 11, as it is written, Hosea chapter 1, verse 10, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it will come to pass in the place where it was said, you are not my people. There will be said, you are the sons of the living God. That's the restoration. And so they're going to go from being not my people. That means cut off from the covenant to returning to the covenant to be a son of the living God. That is someone who believes in Yeshua as the Messiah. John chapter 1, verse 12, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. And then in the fullness of restoration and reconciliation in return, the northern kingdom is going to be joined with the southern kingdom. Hosea chapter 1, verse 11, then the children of Israel and the children of Judah will be gathered together. And when we have the gathering uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, that's when all 12 tribes will agree on who the Messiah is. They will appoint themselves one head. So in addressing the Pharisees' question at the end of John chapter 9, Yeshua says to them in John chapter 10, verse 16, other sheep I have. Now he didn't say other sheep I will have after I die, and they believe that I'm the Messiah. At the time that Yeshua is speaking to the Pharisees, before he dies on the tree, Yeshua says, I have another sheepfold, which is not this fold. So he's speaking to Pharisees who are of the house of Judah, and Yeshua is claiming that the Pharisees who do not believe that he's the Messiah, that they are a part of his fold. And then he adds to that, that he has another sheepfold that's not them. And so how does Yeshua have two sheepfolds when he has not yet died on the tree? The only way that that's possible is if Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, because the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai entered into covenant with the house of Jacob. And then when the house of Jacob comes into the promised land, ultimately King David rules over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem but following his days and the days of Solomon, they were split into Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. And so Northern Kingdom is a sheepfold, Southern Kingdom is a sheepfold, and they are still Yeshua's people. And then Yeshua explains that them, the other sheepfold, I must bring. Why must he bring the other sheepfold, the Northern Kingdom? Because the Torah requires that you are to redeem your firstborn son. And in Jeremiah, in chapter 31, the Northern Kingdom, it says of them in Jeremiah in chapter 31 verse 9 that Ephraim is my firstborn and then in Jeremiah 31 verse 20 Ephraim is my dear son. So Ephraim the firstborn that they were cut off from the covenant because the first king of the northern kingdom Jeroboam was from the tribe of Ephraim and he led the northern kingdom and the succeeding kings of the northern kingdom followed after the sins of Jeroboam and he caused the northern kingdom to depart from following the Torah and their penalty or their judgment was that they were cut off. And so now we have the firstborn cut off from the covenant. The Torah requires that you redeem your firstborn. And so now Yeshua, heaven's firstborn, is going to come to the earth to redeem the firstborn of the house of Jacob. And so he's following the Torah and doing this. Them I must bring, and they will hear my voice. That is because we're told in Psalm, in chapter 80, and verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, Yeshua just said, 
said in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, he's the good shepherd. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you that lead Joseph like a flock. And so Joseph would be led by the good shepherd and would be led and believe in the Messiah. And so he says, they will hear my voice. And then ultimately there will be one fold. The two sheep folds will become one and there'll be one shepherd over them. And so in telling the Pharisees that Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom who were exiled in the nations and who are separated from each other here in the first century, that in the fullness of time, they will be gathered in united by the Messiah. He said he's the good shepherd. There'll be one shepherd over them. That means he's going to be over the two houses of Israel when they are gathered and united and returned back to the land. But before he's going to physically gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, he has to bring the northern kingdom back into covenant relationship through the new covenant, through him shedding his blood. So that's why he explains to the Pharisees in John chapter 10, verse 17, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life. There's ultimately going to be two sheepfolds that's going to become one. And therefore, because of that, my father loves me because I lay down my life. And we are told in John chapter 11, verses 49 through 52, that Yeshua is dying to accomplish among other things to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. John chapter 11, verse 49, Caiaphas being the high priest that same year said, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it's expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation. Who is Caiaphas prophesying that Yeshua would die for? It's the southern kingdom. It's the house of Judah. It's the Jewish people. But then he goes on to say in John chapter 11, verse 52, and not for that nation only. So Caiaphas is prophesying that Yeshua would die for that nation, the Jewish people, but not for that nation only. So now he's dying for two different nations. And who are these two different nations? How are they described in John chapter 11, verse 52, that he would gather together in one, the children of God scattered abroad. So who in the first century are two nations, two kingdoms, two sheepfolds, who are the children of God and who are scattered abroad and who are prophesied both in the Torah, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 6, and in the prophets to become one. Well, that's northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And so now in looking at this teaching from the big picture, once again, we started out the teaching with Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, where Yeshua was asked by his disciples, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And this is found in Luke chapter 21 and verse 7 in Luke's version. So in Luke chapter 21, Yeshua answered the question after he gave them variety of signs to look for before they see the sign. And then he says in Luke chapter 21, verse 27, that you will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And so he said he's going to be coming in a cloud, but also in great glory. And so how do we understand the return of Yeshua coming in great glory? And he's coming in a cloud. Well, we take it back to the Torah, given that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth, John chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 10. 
And Paul explained it in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He made covenant with Abraham. He gave the Torah at Mount Sinai that it was Yeshua who said the words to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the one that spoke those words to Moses is the one that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And the one that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he led them in the wilderness by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And so in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, it says the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire. And then in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And so the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is called the glory of the Lord. Yeshua is the glory of the Lord. Yeshua is the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. We can see how Yeshua Yeshua is the glory of God in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, describing the new Jerusalem. It says, the city has no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light. Yeshua is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John chapter 1, verse 29, and the Lamb is the light of the new Jerusalem, and the new Jerusalem is lit by the glory of God. Yeshua is going to return when he gathers and unites the exiles of Israel. In Psalm 102, verse 13, it says, You will arise and have mercy upon Zion. The set time to favor her has come. Psalm 102, verse 16, When the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. So when is Yeshua going to appear in his glory? When he builds up Zion. Well, the building up of Zion is the same as the building up of Jerusalem because Jerusalem and Zion are synonymous terms. We can see this in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3, the last part of the verse, out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So this is parallelism that Zion and Jerusalem are synonymous with each other and the Torah and the word of the Lord are synonymous with each other. So it says in Psalm 147 verse 2, the Lord builds up Jerusalem, which is the same as building up of Zion. What is the building up of Jerusalem? He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So when Yeshua builds up Jerusalem, when he builds up Zion, when he gathers the outcasts of Israel, then he will appear in his glory. Now from the book Made in Heaven by Rabbi Ari Kaplan on page 192, he explains from Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5. The hoopah, which is the wedding canopy, is related in the Bible to a cloud of glory. Because it says in Isaiah 4, 5, over all the glory shall be a hoopah, a wedding canopy. So the full verse in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 5 reads, and the Lord will create, that's future, upon every dwelling place, that's more than one, of Mount Zion. And the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1 are with the Lamb on Mount Zion. And what are they doing there? They're playing harps and they're singing a new song. And as we went over earlier in the teaching, 
that the playing of the harp is not done in Babylon because your harp is hanging on a willow that you can only play that harp when you're not in Babylon, which means you're not in exile. And so the lamb and the 144,000 are on Mount Zion playing their harps because it represents that the nation of Israel are no longer in exile. And so upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies, plural, will be a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. And so on every dwelling place of Mount Zion is the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. For upon all the glory, it's because the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is the glory of the Lord. For upon all the glory shall be a hoopah. So Yeshua's return for his bride, he's going to be coming back in glory. And how will he be returning for his bride? He's going to, at midnight, during the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, he's going to be gathering and uniting the exiles of Israel. Northern kingdom is going to be united with southern kingdom. And Yeshua's bride, who is betrothed to him, is to be awaiting his return to accomplish that task. And in order to be ready and prepared, you have to have your lamp burning, which means you have to have a knowledge and an understanding of the Torah that explains that it's the Messiah who's going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So we can see in scripture that the exiles are gathered by the glory of God, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 2, they will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. You see, in the wilderness, you could see the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And what's associated with seeing the glory of the Lord, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night? Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and they will come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy, and they will obtain joy and gladness. In Ezekiel chapter Chapter 39, verse 21, it is written, I will set my glory among the nations. So there's going to be multiple cloud by days and pillar of fire by night in the nations of the world because Yeshua's exiles are scattered in the nations of the world. And in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 25, after it says, I will set my glory among the nations, it goes on to say, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. So ending the exile of Jacob is associated with setting his glory among the nations. So it's the wise virgins who are ready for the marriage. Matthew chapter 25, verse 10. And while they went to buy, that's the foolish virgin. So what are they going to buy? They're trying to understand that Yeshua's second coming is about his role to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and understanding this through knowing what the Torah and the prophets say. Because this is not what Christians are taught in traditional Christianity that they are to be waiting for Yeshua to return at his second coming to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. They're not hearing that message in traditional Christianity and 
And so they have to go somewhere to hear it, to learn it, to buy the oil that they need. But as they went to buy, because it's the time of Jacob's trouble and great tribulation, and during the time of Jacob's trouble and great tribulation, that the beast is going to be ruling for 42 months, and he's going to then have it so that at this time that no one may buy or sell unless they have the mark of the beast. This is why the foolish virgins, even though they are desiring to go and buy the oil that they need, they run out of time. And so those that were ready, that is the wise virgins, that those that were ready, they went in with Yeshua to the marriage and the door was shut. They're consummating the marriage. And so the bride of Yeshua will make herself ready. Revelation chapter 19 verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. So let's summarize this last part of the teaching on understanding the parable of the ten virgins. Number one, Yeshua rejected the five foolish virgins because they didn't know him intimately because they didn't know that he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and they weren't living their lives in pursuit of following his Torah. Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and those who do the will of the Father will rule and reign with Yeshua in his kingdom. The will of the God of Israel is to believe in Yeshua as the Messiah and to follow Yeshua's Torah by his Holy Spirit. Yeshua will gather the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeshua died on the tree to accomplish the ultimate task and purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, which is done at his second coming. So Yeshua will complete the task to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel when he returns for his bride at the second coming. Yeshua will gather the exiles of Israel, leading them by the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is the glory of the Lord, and Yeshua is the glory of the Lord. And when Yeshua gathers the exiles of Israel, he will be glorified. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is associated with a hoopah, a wedding canopy. And the wise virgins are ready for the marriage. They're prepared and ready for Yeshua's return to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And he will do this in great glory. And so now we can understand the connection to Yeshua's answer that he gave to the disciples who asked the question, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The sign of Yeshua's return is that before he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, you will see Yeshua in the form of multiple cloud by days and pillar of fire by nights, gathering his people, the exiles of Israel, and bring them back to the land of Israel. And so Yeshua instructed that when you see him do that, look up 
for your redemption draweth nigh. The end of the exile is the redemption of Jacob, and the redemption is finalized when Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and judges the nations, and he sets up his kingdom where he will be teaching the Torah to all nations, as we see in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and his bride will be ruling with him as kings and priests on the earth. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 10. So I pray that this message has been a blessing to you in helping you to understand the Hebraic background and understanding to the parable of the ten virgins and it's linked to Yeshua's role to return for his bride and end the exile of the twelve tribes of Israel. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, the parable of the ten virgins. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.